BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. Remember to subscribe. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. So see you then. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. I cannot contain my excitement for today's guest. She is lovable. She is hilarious. She is creative. She is captivating. And if you think that you could not love today's guest even more from watching her amazing TikTok videos, prepare yourself. Because after today's interview, if it's possible, you will love Michaela Noguera even more. Michaela is a social media content creator and makeup artist with over 10.1 million followers on TikTok. Now, she's known for her tutorials and honest product reviews. She talks about all sorts of makeups, is always trying the newest products, and has been featured in Vogue, Allure, People Magazine, and even created her own eyeshadow palette with Glam Light. My favorite thing about Michaela's videos is she's just so raw, relatable, and real, obviously. I'm like, those are my favorite things. You guys are like, I'm shocked, Vic. You love the rawness and the authenticity. Yes, you guys know I'm a sucker for realness. And Michaela just radiates herself, honestly. She's just herself. And we're going to hear more about her life story today, her career journey, and how she's been able to maintain being herself throughout everything, all the ups and downs. Before we get started, I wanted to say a special hello to Chloe McGlinchey. Hi, Chloe. 
She left a five-star review saying, love this podcast. I've been a fan of Victoria's for a while, but I just started listening to RealPod and oh my goodness, it is amazing. I've learned so much from it already and I'm so excited to see who else she brings onto the show. Chloe, thank you. And I'm so glad that you ventured off of whether it was Instagram or TikTok or YouTube to the podcast world to spend time with me here. That means so much. We work really hard on the show and I really appreciate you for listening. And the same goes to everyone else tuning in today. Thank you for taking time out of your beloved day to spend time learning, hopefully laughing and feeling inspired with me and our wonderful guest today on RealPod. If you want to leave me a review, you can do that on iTunes and you can also leave ratings on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And all those things really, really help out the show. So they're very much appreciated. And you just might be the special shout out on next week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, new episodes every Wednesday. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with the one and only Michaela Nagara. Michaela, thanks for joining me. I I'm trying to keep it cool. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is this is super awesome. I, I love your podcast. I've listened to quite a few episodes. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And I actually today you probably don't see this because you have so much going on on your TikTok account, but I've kind of started this thing. Not really. I've had two videos where when you review a product that's just so absurd and like so crazy. I have to get it. So earlier today, I did a TikTok video and I got the like dildo applicator, <laughs> that lay thing. <laughs> the lay. Yup. That the, the texture of that on my skin. I mean, that was just that felt wrong. Yeah. I mean, it feels so strange but it works so good. So like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. I hate that the beauty blender absorbs so much of the makeup. I feel yeah. like, I'm like I'm paying all this money for my Giorgio Armani Luminous Silk to only use a third of the bottle. <laughs> yeah, it does definitely change your perspective when you see that the lay absorbs absolutely no product and you're just like, wow, I really have been wasting a lot of product. Yeah, so true. But safe to say your videos are very influential and, you know, I'm a big fan of everything that you post, but I'm excited to like get to know you and hear about your start and where you came from. And I know this has been like a whirlwind, right? Weren't you working for like Ulta Beauty just two years ago? And now you are, you are the makeup industry. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So you're from Boston? Contrary to popular belief, I am not from Boston. (laughs) Oh, wow. I got to do my uh, prep better. (laughs) No, a lot of people think that because how I, I speak, but I'm actually from South Coast, Massachusetts. I'm from a very small town with only 9,000 people, and I live near a town called Fall River, which is kind of where my accent comes from. It comes from my dad and all that. So, but yeah, it's it gets mixed up a lot, but I do, I love Boston and I go there all the time, but I'm not from there. <laughs> well, either way, your accent, I know everyone who follows you, they love it. It's so great. And I have one friend from Boston, so that's why I was like drawing the connection, but great to know. So... Have you always been into makeup? Like since you were a young girl, were you playing with makeup, putting it on? When did your love for that first start? Makeup has been my whole life for for as long as I can remember, truly. Um, So when I was eight years old, my dad and I started working at a haunted house, a local haunted house, because I needed community service hours for a peer leader group I was in. So every night we started going to this haunted house and immediately... I was hooked 
on watching the makeup artists do the special effects on the cast. And I, I just like, I would spend all my time in that room just watching them. And I was only eight years old. And I stayed at that haunted house until I was 18. So I was there for over 10 years. I was there for an incredibly long time. And that's, it was kind of like a mini apprenticeship where I got to watch these special effects makeup artists do this makeup. And when I was 15, I actually, you know, asked for the opportunity to be a makeup artist at this haunted house. And that's when I started doing the special effects makeup on the cast. That's when I kind of fell in love with it. My mom is actually an artist. She has a degree in art and she did it for a living and stuff. So there's definitely a lot of that in my family, very artistic people. So it was pretty much that experience for me that got me into makeup. And then like for Christmas, I started asking for only makeup. Like that's all I wanted. Sephora gift cards, all the latest mm -hmm. makeup drops and all that. And that I started really looking forward to Christmas because that was like the only time I would get makeup. And it just kind of, it blew up from there. I've just been so passionate about it for like more than a decade, you know? <laughs> so were you wearing a lot of makeup in like middle school? I was 100% the only person wearing makeup <laughs> when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> Thankfully, I have a mother who, because she's super artistic, she was so okay with me wearing makeup. And that's a message that I I try to push, like, like a lot of people think like, oh, you're too young to wear makeup. I don't agree with that at all. Like it's it's just at on the face. It's literally painting a canvas on your face. You know, you do these crazy looks and it's just for fun. So yeah, I was I was doing blue eyeliner and crazy colors on my eyes in middle school, high school. And I loved every moment of it. <laughs> well, I think a lot of that comes from the fine line between art and self-expression and creativity and feeling insecure and I have to put this on to go outside and look a certain way. So did you feel like you really leaned into the art self-expression, you know, bucket, or did you ever sense yourself in the beginning feeling like you noticed enhancements to your aesthetic? Right. So like, you know, the, like you said, there's those two paths you can go down, right? You can go down the artistic path where you're just doing this fun, colorful, really, you're just doing it as that. And then you can go down the path of I'm insecure. I'm, I, I maybe I'm struggling with my self-esteem and makeup can help, you know, pick me up from that. And um, it's a weird line because I was doing both. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but I was so like this makeup that I have on right now is not the standard of beauty, right? Like people aren't wearing this makeup on the daily. It's it's a for people listening. Michaela, let me describe. She's got a beautiful emerald green shimmery lid beautiful rosy cheeks, a highlight. It's definitely a very fun green, green high. Is that green highlight? Green highlighter. Yup. <laughs> Love that. That you're giving, you're giving like my friend, Chris just had a video today. You're giving sexy wicked witch of the West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, I think for me, the way I do my makeup with the dramatic eyes, the bold blush, the, the green highlighter, that is what makes me feel confident in my skin. For other people, it's just that natural, you know, a little bit of mascara, a little bit of brow gel, and it makes them feel, you know, happy in their skin. So it really depends on the person. But I think like when you make makeup fun, that's when it's the best. If you're just using makeup, you know, as a way to overcome insecurity, that's great. But try to make it a little bit fun so it doesn't feel like just a job, you know, when you wake up in the morning, like, oh, I have to do this to feel good about myself. Try to transform that to be 
oh, I want to do this to feel good about myself. I want to do this because it makes me smile. It brings me energy. It makes me feel good, you know? Definitely. And it's interesting the way that society created the conversation around makeup because I, similar to you, I'm not saying I'm not a good makeup artist, but I value creativity. I love painting. I love drawing. Like that stuff is fun for me. And so I'm sitting here now at like 24 and I'm just starting to get into makeup. I know how to do my eyeshadow now. It's so exciting. Like I love it. But sitting here now, even thinking back on being a kid and you saying your mom was supportive, society like almost pushed at least my grandma and my mom, you know, oh, be a natural beauty. Don't put all of that on your face. Like it was a very negative thing to put on a lot of makeup. Oh, yeah. And, and that, like you said, I think it it varies, you know, where you grew up or or who your family is and how they're they're raising people. And like it's so different, whoever you talk to, what their experience is with makeup. And I think I think I am seeing a shift, though, and I think social media has a lot to do with that, where like it's OK to not be natural, whatever that means to someone. Uh, for me, that means, you know, the bold, crazy, colorful eye looks and dyeing my hair every few months. Like, it, it's it's a way of self-expression. And I hope that's kind of where we're going with makeup. Rather than it just being to fit the beauty standard, it can be so much more than that. And it can just, for me, makeup is literally just fun. And I think I'd like it to go more in that direction for people. And I hope it does. Spring is right around the corner. And while it's exciting for the seasons to change, it usually also means wardrobe is changing as well. As you all know, I've been very into style these days. I've been doing this thing on Instagram called hashtag VixFits. And I'm super excited to keep elevating my style throughout the year. Now, if you are kind of lost and you're like looking to upgrade your go-to jeans or you're looking to even work with a stylist, Macy's has everything you need to keep your wardrobe fresh and new this season. If you head to macy's.com slash personal stylist, you can actually book an appointment with a stylist who can help you understand your personal style, how to pair the clothes you have at home together, and even add some awesome pieces from Macy's that can help up every single look. Now, I totally get what it's like to look at your closet and not know how to style things or even be at the Macy's store looking around like everything is so cute, but I don't know what's supposed to go with what. If you go to macy's.com slash personal stylist, you can actually book an appointment with a stylist today who can help answer those questions for you. Macy's has you covered with must-have relaxed jeans from top designers that you'll want to wear everywhere. And even if you're looking for a statement in a bold jacket, which by the way, I've realized jackets are everything. Like a jacket on any look just totally elevates it. You can find these lightweight jackets, blazers that are the perfect pieces to transition from cool to warm weather. Once again, you can head over to macy's.com slash personal stylist to book your appointment today. Again, that's macy's.com slash personal stylist. So obviously in the beginning, makeup is for you. It's this creative way to express yourself. It's art. Once you start putting yourself out there online, the door does open for judgment and critique. And I don't like the way the brows look here or why would you use these colors together? And and that judgment creeps in. So when you first started putting yourself out there online, did you have any insecurities about that? And what were the hardest things you kind of worked through? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I grew up, I didn't fit in growing up, and I was definitely bullied growing up. Why I, do you say I, you didn't fit in? What was it? 
So when I when I say I didn't fit in, I kind of mean like I was always the overweight girl. I, you know, always had I was always the makeup girl and it wasn't said in a nice way, if that makes any sense. I remember the first time I was ever bullied. I was in kindergarten. I was very young and a group of boys came up to me. We were getting in line to go to lunch and they all started grabbing the fat on my body and, you know, calling me names. And I, it's crazy that I have that vivid memory of, of me in kindergarten. It's such a random memory, but it was the first time I ever felt, you know, let down by society. <laughs> and I think that all those times throughout my life where I was bullied and, and just taunted or made fun of or made to be felt that I was not good enough or I didn't fit in, that kind of pushed me to be okay with some of the comments I receive on social media. For instance, I, I definitely get a lot of comments about my voice and I definitely came to expect that when I started putting myself out there on the internet because I definitely have a different voice and, and that's been a topic of conversation my whole life. So I had to get used to that. It definitely hurt in the beginning hearing comments about my voice. But the one thing that was special about me going on social media is the people who love makeup and are passionate about makeup, they're going to find you. So for me growing up, I wasn't surrounded by anybody who loved makeup as much as I did or who was passionate about it. But when I started putting myself out there on social media, all these people who related to makeup, who loved makeup, who felt passionate about makeup. They just started running towards me because we click, we, we, we connect. And it it's, thankfully I have the most positive community. I know on social media, it can be a little scary. You know, is, is your community really negative? Is it really positive? But mine is so positive that like, it's incredible. And it makes me want to post every day. <laughs> Oftentimes when people are bullied, they, kind of have this thought process of, oh, I'm getting made fun of or I'm excluded because I am different in this way from other people. Did you ever feel like you needed to stop wearing as much makeup or you need to adjust certain things in your life to try to fit in? Because just me being an outsider looking in, you tell the stories of you when you were younger. And then now it's like, that's all your superpower. The thing that the people bullied you for is like, what's made you this huge success? So throughout point A to B, did you ever lose sight of like your true self? So it's interesting because I've always loved being different. I don't know why. I just, I never wanted to fit in. So I would just do what I could to be different, whether it was the makeup or dressing, you know, in fun, funky colors and cool dresses and everything. I definitely just continued to be myself throughout my whole life. I've always been myself. I think the one time I really struggled was when I got into college and I said to myself, okay, I'm going to a new school with a ton of new people. I do this crazy bold makeup and I don't think I'm going to fit in at this college. And I made, in my opinion, a terrible decision to totally change who I was. I, I bleached, dyed my hair blonde. I, I lost a ton of weight. I changed my entire wardrobe. I changed how I acted and how I spoke. And I, I did all that to fit in in college. And it, it didn't take me very long to realize that was a mistake. And within six to 12 months, I'd say my freshman year of college, I said, what am I doing? And I completely went back to the old 
the real me, I guess. And I, I dyed my hair black again. I started doing my crazy makeup again. I changed my wardrobe back to what it was. And that was definitely a, a very important time in my life where I realized if you change yourself to fit in or to be someone you're not, you're going to be unhappy. And I was very unhappy like that. So, yeah. I was going to ask, yeah, what did it feel like to wake up every morning but not actually be who you wanted to be? Yeah, it's it's I don't know why we do that as a society. I think, you know, at any age that can happen to someone where they're just like, I need to like fit in. But it made me feel like I was like someone else. And I didn't even know my it made me feel like I was losing my sense of self. And it just wasn't working out for me. And at the same time, that can cause you to meet the wrong people and become friends with the wrong people and, and put yourself in the wrong crowds. And I was definitely doing that as well. And it took me a little bit to kind of reel it back in and, and go back to being myself. But I, I have to say now I, I am my most authentic self. And, and honestly, TikTok has helped me a lot with that because I feel so accepted on the app. And I just I love that I can just be myself to everybody. Yeah. And being yourself, honestly, is the key to, I think, a lot of happiness in life. And when we look at people who maybe if you're anxious and not to generalize, but I'll speak personally, when I was anxious, it was because uh, am I going to play well? Am I going to be good enough? What happens if I don't get the starting spot on my volleyball team? If I don't have straight A's, like what happens if I'm not popular and I'm not invited? You know, it's like a lot of fears about how we're going to be perceived and like trying to fit that mold. And while I didn't have as drastic of a, like a mask pulled up on myself, like you did your freshman year, I was very particular about only letting people see a version of me that was the absolute best. But only I knew that I came home at night and was binge eating everything in the pantry and then crying because I hated the way my body looked and then face tuning my photos and then posting the bikini photo with Sunday fun day as the caption, you know, and then eventually, you know, it just brings you to this place where you're, you're not living your truth so much to a point where like you start to actually like lose sight of that and become dull and it's dark. And then, you know, once you accept, Hey, this is who I am. I'm going to show up this way in the world. And people are going to ride with me. Great. They're going to ride with me, but I need to like ride with myself first almost. So how did you come to like love and feel confident in going back to the dark hair and the makeup and saying, this is me. And I don't care what the repercussions might be or what that voice in my head might tell me is going to happen. Yeah. It, it was so hard to like, accept myself and just realize that like, Michaela, you need to really learn who you are. Because if you do not know who you are, you just struggle. So for me, I, I, I've talked about my eating disorder history on my page a few times. But when I was 16, I got really into bodybuilding. And I decided that I wanted to get into competing, get into physique competitions. And I just started to drastically lose weight. I started becoming increasingly stronger. I was, you know, six pack abs, muscly. And, and I thought that I would be happier if I was, you know, shredded. <laughs> um, we all do. We're like, if I could snap my fingers and have the perfect body, I always used to think if I could have the perfect body and it would never change, my life would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. And, you know, I get to a point where I'm an extra small and I'm the smallest I've ever been in jeans. And I'm obsessively taking pictures of my thin waist in the in the in the mirror because, oh, my God, it looks incredible. I feel so good. And taking pictures of my ass in the mirror like, oh, it's so fat. Like, I, I'm so sexy. Like, <laughs> it's just that was what was fulfilling me at the time. And and when I got to college and I started making all these changes and I'm, I'm like really losing myself, I finally my eating disorder hits me really hard. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, like, uh, am I? I, I felt like I was going to die because that eating disorders can get that bad. You know, you can get really, really sick. And I'm, I'm at a point where I'm really sick. I'm saying to myself, what is this for? What is this? Who am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? And what am I going to get from this? <laughs> like literally. And that's when, you know, I, I started going to treatment and stuff and I, I got better. But that's when I realized like, what, like, what are you, who are you living your life for? Because you need to live it for yourself. Yes, you can be selfless and do things for other people and, and you know, live in a world where you're caring and empathetic and all that. But if you are neglecting yourself, no. <laughs> so that's when I really said to myself, all right, this is, so my sophomore year of college, that's when I'm like, this is my year to just be myself. And that's when I met my best friends in college. That's when I started having the most fun in college. That's when I, my sophomore year was one of my best years in college because I started discovering myself and I, it was the best time. And now I have to say, it's just liberating to do that. Taking a brief break from today's episode to tell you about my favorite athletic greens. Yep. Athletic greens. Now what is athletic greens? You might ask. Have you ever wanted to just have a simple drink in the morning that contained all the nutrients and vitamins that are really important to your body and just be able to like throw that back real quick and then go on with your day knowing all those important things are taken care of? Well, that's essentially what Athletic Greens is, specifically AG1. AG1 is a greens powder that in just one scoop contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic green superfood blend, and more in just the one convenient daily serving. And with just one scoop of that into a glass of water, you mix it up, you stir it up, bam, you're done. You drink that. And that special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and just all the things, all the important things, right? I drink AG1 every single morning, as does my fiance, Max. He's actually the one that got me hooked on it. And now I have since gotten, hopefully everyone else hooked on it. And because AG1 knows how much we love them here at RealPod, Not only are they a fabulous sponsor of our show, but they're offering you guys an amazing deal. If you head to athleticgreens.com slash realpod, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. This is so clutch because those travel packs are so convenient. When I go on the road, when I'm speaking, which I'm doing a lot of now, I pack a few of my Athletic Greens travel packs and then it's already portioned out for you. So you just rip the packet open, you dump it in a water bottle or a cup of water, you mix it. And I just feel like I'm keeping things consistent with my system. So to get five of those free travel packs, a one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and make your first purchase of Athletic Greens, head to athleticgreens.com slash realpod. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash realpod. As you said yourself, you don't want to be normal. Like you didn't want to just like fit this classic traditional mold that said, 
How have you approached the stares and the comments and knowing that when you walk into a room, people are going to judge you by like the way that you did your makeup or the outfit that you wore? Because everyone struggles with caring what people think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, in, in middle school, high school, college, I was the makeup girl. Like people would say that people would say, oh, that's the makeup girl. Like not my name, just the makeup girl and being said in a negative way especially by men, unfortunately. But for me, I'm like, yes, please stare. <laughs> like, please look at me. <laughs> like, whatever. It, it's I like, worked hard on this. <laughs> I genuinely do not care if someone looks at me like, please have fun. Look at me. Like, yes, I, I spent three hours on this makeup. Please stare at it like I want someone to see my work and even if they're not seeing it as at the way I'm seeing it that's fine because they're talking about it they're telling other people about it oh there's this girl on campus who wears a ton of makeup there's this girl on campus who's a catfish like please talk about it because look where I am now hello (laughs) honestly I have freaking chills and I look I want to get to where you are now before we do TikTok when you first got on the app what were you thinking? Were you, were you, did you have that business mindset of, Ooh, I could scale this. Were you just doing it for fun? Like, what were your first videos like? Oh my God. Absolutely not. I, I, I don't even know why I blew up on TikTok. I, I have absolutely no idea. I think. About Are you myself. kidding me? Because you're the most lovable. You're hilarious. You're talented. And you're like the most genuine person in the makeup industry I've seen. And I love watching the YouTube videos. I follow all the drama, but you're like, a normal person. I think that's why we love you. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I when I made my TikTok, I didn't make it for myself. I made it for my mom because she's a, a social worker and you know, she works in a school and we went virtual because of the pandemic. I literally made TikTok right when the pandemic hit the US. And I think a lot of people did. A lot of people downloaded the app right when that happened because we needed something to do. And so the first videos I posted were just my mom uh given her students uh, tour of our farm animals. (laughs) They were just very wholesome videos of my mom. And I noticed they started like blowing up a little bit. And I was like, this is so strange. I haven't promoted these videos there. I don't have any followers on this account. What is TikTok? Like what is TikTok compared to Instagram and YouTube? and, And how is it different? And that's when I like did my research on it. And I said to myself, I have had a dream. I've had a freaking dream, bro, since I was eight years old to make an impact in the beauty world, in the makeup world. And I'm saying to myself, is this my chance? Like, is this my moment? Because if it is, I'm going to seize the damn day. (laughs) So, So that's when I said, all right, let me figure out what's popular on TikTok and try to do it myself. So at the time, transition videos were huge these cool like makeup before and afters. And I said, all right, that's perfect. I'm going to try to learn how to do a transition. And that's what I loved about TikTok. I had no video editing skills, but TikTok was so easy. So I did my first transition video, posted it. It was on a Sunday. I put my phone down and my phone starts blowing up. And I'm like, what is going on right now? My friends are texting me and, and they're like, you just went viral on TikTok. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I opened my phone. I'm on Yahoo News, BuzzFeed News. I'm on TV. And I'm like, what is going on right now? Whoa. It, it was, and it was fast. And that's what I've had trouble wrapping my head around. 
Well, and what were the titles of those articles? Like, was it about the before and after from makeup to no makeup? Well, and here's the sad thing about it. <laughs> a lot of those titles were master catfish or like this girl's a, a supreme catfish. It wasn't about like, oh, check out her skills, bro. Like, she's super talented. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, like new catfish alert. And that's sad. That's super sad. But I, but I didn't obviously let that affect me. The next day I posted another one. And that one been- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wait, it's like major bag alert, major bag. <laughs> you saw the trend. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm going to be honest with you. Because I was bullied and didn't fit in and I just, I, I grew up with severe depression, anxiety, and other mental health uh, disorders. And I just felt like there's no way in hell that I could ever be a big beauty influencer. Like, I had no like belief in myself. I genuinely did not believe in myself. I thought I wasn't good enough. And I thought there's no way people are going to give a a shit about me. (laughs) Like there's no way. But then, you know, I grew, I just started growing so rapidly and and it's insane to me still to this day. I I hit 10 million followers last week and I just. Congratulations. Thank you. I just, I I genuinely cannot believe it. It's insane, but it's, it makes me feel very, full that I get to pursue my dream. I feel very lucky and very blessed. Well, I, you deserve it all. I mean, like uh, for all the things that I said before, I do want to ask what has come along with the success that has been hard. I mean, I, on a, on a smaller scale with one mil, I, I know the struggle of like, what's the trend and how do I get on it? And how many TikToks should I be making a day? And now I've got to grow my business. And what agency do I want to sign with and brand deals? I mean, how have you dealt with that as someone who's had anxiety and depression and these other disorders, not managing this insane success? Oh yeah. Oh, I could tell you so much. (laughs) Tell me everything, Michaela. (laughs) So obviously when you blow up and go viral, for a lot of people that can happen on TikTok, but then it kind of like dwindles down and it, it kind of just ends, you know, you have that little viral moment. But for me, it was just viral, 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 viral. And I just, I didn't know what I was doing. I was a full-time student, a graduate student, may I add, <laughs> like I was, I was getting my master's degree and I'm also working at Ulta Beauty. What was your master's in? So my master's was going to be in communication, which is my bachelor's degree. But I, I dropped out because I decided to pursue this. <laughs> it all worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but that's kind of what I'm getting to is like I had to make some of the hardest decisions of my life. Like, is this can this be a career? Like, can I do this long term? Like, am I going to be successful in this? I had no idea. So what I ended up doing was. I genuinely believe if something is put in front of you, you need to go after it, even if you're scared. And I was scared shitless. I'm not going to lie. I was super nervous and my anxiety was through the roof. But I said, all right, let me let me save up a year's worth of rent and I'm going to move out of my parents' house. And I am going to go at this like hardcore, like I am going to go in. And so that's what I did. I say I spent the entire summer of 2022 saving up every penny I made at Ulta. And I wasn't getting brand deals at this time. I wasn't getting any paid anything from TikTok. So I moved out of my parents' house in November 2020. 
And oh my gosh, first of all, moving out of your parents' house is a really good feeling. <laughs> you, have, you have so much freedom, but that's kind of where my creativity started to like, boom, because I, I had a beauty room. I had a, my own beauty room where I could film in and I was just surrounded by makeup and it was awesome. Selfishly, the like creator in me wants the details on when you say go in because people look at the outside looking, oh, you just sit there and you're so likable and you do your makeup. Ha ha. No. How many videos were you making a day? How are you planning out the series as you were going to do? Like, how are you batching your film versus your edit time? Oh, yeah. So I'm a very so this is kind of where the struggle comes in. There's good and bad to this. Right. So I'm very type A. I've always been very, very type A and I have high functioning anxiety. So for me, I've always been a workaholic my whole life. When I was in college full time, I had four jobs all at the same time because I'm a workaholic. I can never just sit down and do nothing. It's impossible for me and it's scary for me to just sit down with my thoughts, which is sad. And I'm working on that, <laughs> but it definitely plays a role. So for me, I w- I, I've always gotten up really early. I'm an early bird. So I get up around 7 a.m., which is not that early for some people. But for me, it's early. I get up at 7 a.m. every day and I I immediately go to film. I walk straight into my beauty room. I don't do anything else. And I just go to film and I will film until about noon. So from seven to noon, I can get between five to eight TikToks in. And so, for instance, with this look I have on currently, I was able to get five different TikToks out of it. So I try to like multi-use my makeup looks and it makes for a lot of great content, which is awesome. So from seven to 12, there's the film in. And then, you know, I do podcasts, I do interviews, I do emails. And, and that's usually like a two to four hour time span. And then my struggle is turning it off. I can't turn it off. So I'm editing videos. I'm engaging in my comment sections. I'm answering emails. And I can, for some reason, I really struggle to just shut that off and like actually enjoy my life. (laughs) I'm curious because you're obviously so genuine and you're so kind. However, when you pull the camera out, I'm just imagining you at 8 a.m. like getting in the zone to be the best version of yourself that is funny and charming and witty and laughing. You're, everyone loves your laugh. I mean, is that something that you do feel like you have to turn on and off, like when the camera's on? Oh, I, okay. So this is like my genuine, honest answer to that. I, I, I honestly feel like ill saying this, but it's it's the genuine truth. I <laughs> love makeup so much, and I'm like so aggressively passionate about it that I look forward to filming my videos so freaking much. I like lay down in bed at night and I'm like, can it be the morning? (gasps) I love what I do so much that I just, I can't wait to do it in the morning. And I've always been a morning person, so I'm not like tired or anything um, when I am filming, but like I just, I get so much thrill from it. It's kind of, it's, it's extremely enjoyable. And I think it, it goes along with like, when you film something you're passionate about, it doesn't feel like work. For me, filming does not feel like work at all. It's like a hobby that I have that I get to do every single day. And it's freaking awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. And that is so inspiring to hear just for anyone listening to like find 
something or at least work to get to a place where you are really passionate about what you do, where you just have a little bit of it. I mean, I had that addiction to TikTok in the very beginning. I would literally go to bed thinking about TikToks, wake up thinking about TikToks. It's totally faded for me. I mean, there are certain videos I'm excited to film, but I'm, yeah, it's, it's faded, but it's really refreshing as a, a fellow creator to hear you say that because I want to get back to it. I mean, it's the best way to be like the videos are better because you're excited about yeah. it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think at the same time though, I've struggled really bad to make time for myself because when you love something so much, you just want to do it all the time. But at the same time, there's, there's a line that needs to be crossed where like, like I have a fiance who deserves some time and devotion. I have family. I, I have friends. I, I have other hobbies and interests and I can't, I need to be able to learn to shut off the content creator mind, which is very difficult if anyone's wondering, but I'm trying to do that. And I'm trying to take a Saturday off. Like imagine that I, taking a day off and not pulling out your phone. It's incredibly difficult for me, but I'm trying to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Now I'm going to ask you something. It's going to be a little, it's a, it's a hard question. It's a hard question, but I'm curious. It's real pod. You mentioned earlier, you know, shutting it off, being alone with your own thoughts. You've alluded to now, you know, this like workaholic energy. I know when I was that way, I was running from the stillness of, not having a social life, not having people texting me to hang out. I was living with my parents in 2019, 2020 as well. So like my need to work was so I didn't have to think about the fact that I didn't have anything else to do. I'm curious if you have the awareness and you've thought about like, what is the thing that you don't want to sit with? Yeah. So I, oh, it sucks to talk about, but it, it's so real. It's so real for me. It's, it's definitely my mental health that I do not want to sit with. I do not want to sit with my eating disorder. I don't want to think about it. When people try to talk to me about my eating disorder, like Cody or anyone, I just like shut down. I like don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about my depression. I don't want to talk about my anxiety. And I've really struggled with that. I've really struggled to like not do that, <laughs> you know? Right. And it sucks because like eating disorders are something that is so stigmatized and so misunderstood and so there's still a lack of education on it and and people just don't talk about eating disorders they're kind of like taboo to talk about which sucks because if we could openly talk about them there would be such a change but yeah i i need to like be okay with taking a day off and you know thinking about my eating disorder and, and what am i doing to take care of myself today you know <laughs> right Right. And thanks for sharing that. I know it's really hard. I will say you throughout the whole conversation have been so genuine. I would have never thought because you alluded to all those things before, but I guess it is sometimes easier to like, you know, genuinely pass comment about something in conversation. But then when you really sit and think about it, like, yeah, shit's hard. And it's scary to think about like, oh, if this surfaces, am I just going to cry and cry and cry? And like, I don't want to cry. I don't want to be sad. So let me just turn it off, you know? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely hate crying. It is so bad. I refuse to do it, which is funny because I do cry in videos sometimes, but that <laughs> is me forcing myself to be vulnerable, oh which gosh. is good, which is good. I, I do need to cry sometimes, you know? So then I'm guessing is ther therapy is not a part of your day-to-day -day or weekly life then, right? Because that, that would be the talking you don't want to do. So that's therapy is such a such a tough thing for me. I have gone to so many therapists 
And I just, it gets to a point where I just give up because I hate talking about it. I hate talking about it, which is, which is horrible, which is horrible. I need to like be okay to talk about these things. And I need to be okay with seeing a psychiatrist if I need to. I need to be okay with going to the, I'm also someone who absolutely is terrified of hospitals and doctors and anything like that. And you, you will not, if I break my arm, not going to the doctor. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. It's horrible, but it's just, you know, childhood traumas and fears and, and all that stuff that's sort of built up to adulthood. And I think just for anyone listening, yes, I've struggled with therapy and going to therapy, but therapy does work. <laughs> therapy is very important if you, if you're able to do it. And I think anyone who has access to therapy should do it even if you think your life is going all great and grand do it anyways because usually you know we need to talk about things even if it's the little things you know it's making me think of a therapy session i had like a few months ago that i really didn't want to go to like i made the appointment pissed at myself that i even made it but i knew there was something that happened that i needed to talk through And I was so anxious about going and I was dreading it. And I just thought this is going to be so freaking hard. And it, it wasn't that hard. I didn't even end up crying as much as I thought, you know, you realize like, holy shit, one, it's not as bad as I thought Two, I am strong enough to handle this. And three, I'm going to be okay. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The last therapist I had, I sat down on the couch terrified. I was shaking. I was shaking. She's like, how are you? And I just like burst into tears. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously not good. I'm here. Okay. (laughs) But I think, yeah, it's like once you, and, and for me, all the therapist's offices I've gone to are very like cozy and welcoming and have a couch and pillows and blankets and stuff. And, and usually once you start talking, it, it just starts flowing out of you and it, it, you become comfortable. And then with each session, as it goes on, you become more and more comfortable, you know, digging deeper and deeper. And I think if you can stick with it, it's, it's really incredible. And I just, I have to make myself stick with it. <laughs> it's okay. I, you said a few times, like, it's horrible of me, a horrible, horrible, you're human. And like, you can, that's okay. You know, I think nowadays everyone is pushing this you know, seek help. It's not something to be ashamed of, blah, blah, blah. That's great. And that helps people. And it's great, but it is still hard. And it's okay to be like, like when I have a thought come into my head of, I did not fit into a dress last weekend. I brought it. It didn't zip. I'm of course having thoughts of, oh my gosh, have I gained weight? Like the eating disorder thoughts come back in. Should I not eat today? I'm going to cry about it. What does my fiance think? He was the one trying to zip me. What about the wedding? You know, all those thoughts come. And then this week I've caught myself like almost thinking I should eat less or like watch what I'm eating. And I'm, I'm just like, okay, I get it. This shit's been really hard for me. I live in a world of the diet culture, a dress didn't fit. I get why this is happening it's fine. I'm a human. Like, you know, talking to yourself the way that I would consult you or you would consult me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've definitely grown to, so in the last year I gained 50 pounds in my eating disorder recovery because I went from stabbing myself to, you know, eating normally and also, you know, just exploring food a little bit more. Then I went from a size small to a size large and I'm like so open about it. I weigh 175 pounds. I'm a size large. I love my body. I love 
to look, I can look in the mirror and feel okay. I can put on clothes that are bigger than what I'm used to putting on and, and love how I look and have confidence. And I think that's, that's really important. I don't weigh myself. I don't stand on a scale. I don't do that. Me either. I don't think anybody should do that. What's the point? But yeah. I've, I've, I, I totally agree. It's like your gravitational pull to the earth. Why do I need that number? I feel like stepping on a scale 90% of the time you're asking that electronic device, can I like myself today? Honestly, how is that number affecting how you're going to do in your job, pay your rent, how you're going to interact with your loved ones? It's not. It's literally a, can I like myself today? number, please tell me the answer. And so just, I, I agree. I haven't weighed myself in like three years. However, speaking of things that we are burying deep, dark down, and we don't want to talk about, I'm like terrified to ever find out how much I weigh. It's bad. Oh no, no, no. You have to be okay with the number. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because here I am like preaching and thinking like, oh, it doesn't matter what size you are. I also wear a large, sometimes depending on the dresses, I'm anywhere from a six, eight, 10, 12. Everything these days doesn't fit normally. But yeah, the number on the scale, I guess I've always thought if I accidentally saw it at the doctor's office or something that it would send me in a spiral. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's something, maybe if I'm sitting here saying, Michaela, you got to make a therapy appointment. You're like, you got to, you're going to be figure out how much you weigh and you'll be fine. (gasps) Yeah. I mean, I think like at the end of the day, I do know how much I weigh. And in the past that would have like destroyed me to be 170. I'm only four foot 11. So 175 pounds is a little bit bigger for my height. But in the past, I would have totally shut down. I would have started stabbing myself, going to the gym for excessive hours in the day, you know, having my bulimia act up on me. And now today I can just, you know, I don't step on the scale. But in the past where I, I did, I, I saw the number and I said, all right, <laughs> like, that's it. Right. Right. Just a number. I love that. Well, what's on tap for you upcoming? Like, have you continued to just be full speed ahead now that you've really, you really have, you know, gone through a cloud of success? Like you can take time off. Like you can't, you know, what's upcoming and how are you going to navigate it with your mental health? Well, I have to be honest. I booked a cruise. (laughs) (gasps) I love that for you. I booked a cruise for, it's not until July, but it's, it is happening. And I'm like really excited about it because I get to take actual time off and I haven't been on a cruise since I was eight. So it's going to be sick. But you know, 2020 was insane. That's the year my life changed. That's the year I went viral and, and I saw my potential for real. 2021 was magical. I literally met the love of my life. Like, oh my God, I came out with a dream collection with glam light cosmetics. I had my face on a PR box. It's that it's behind me right now. Um, it was for a glow recipe, one of my favorite skincare brands. I did so much in 2020 and, and I kept saying like, oh, 2020 is the best year of my life. Well, I, I genuinely am predicting <laughs> that 2022 is going to be the best year of my life so far because there are some incredible, incredible things happening this year that absolutely 100% top last year. And I'm just like wicked excited to just be able to finally share a lot of these things with people that I'm just holding in because it's going to be super awesome. I'm so excited. That is incredible. I'm so excited for you too to be following along. And the very last thing I want to ask you, because I'm just curious, is we've talked a lot about being yourself and doing what feels true to you. 
obviously the makeup artist industry, there's a lot of big names. There's a lot of drama, a lot of history there. As you continue to get more success and more followers and all those things, have you thought about how you're going to grow in that industry or like any, do you have any feelings about crossing that realm? And when people talk about you in the same conversation as other creators, I mean, do you think about that? It's interesting. I'm a very like stay in my lane kind of person. I, and this is the genuine truth. I do not give a shit about drama. (laughs) That's, that's other people's problems. Uh, I don't have any drama in my life. And I, I'm a very, very, very positive person. And I just, I always have a smile on my face, even when I'm feeling down. And to be honest with you, I, I don't want to get to the level of some of the massive mega beauty influences. I don't have a desire to get that big. It just, I don't know. It's too much for someone as anxious as me. It's too much. <laughs> are you not that big? Do you have freaking over 10 million followers across social media? What are you talking about? I, no, I mean, I'm talking like the big, big, big people. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't see myself as that big. I don't really know, though, because I don't I don't see it from other people's perspective. But I think like I just want to be able to continue to connect with my audience, continue to connect with the people who rose me up and the people who supported me and gave me a chance. Like parasocial relationships are an interesting thing. But for me, you know, people gave me a chance and I knew I was never given a chance. So the fact that 10 million people did give me a chance. I just want to stay connected with those people. I never want to get too big for my britches, if that makes any sense. So yeah, I hear you. And I love how humble you are and genuine you are. And I loved talking with you. So thank you so much for taking the time and for being willing to maybe talk about some of those things that you don't often or and are harder. I appreciate it. I think this episode is just so impactful and just says a lot about being who you really want to be, whatever that means for anyone listening and how there's so many beautiful things that can come from that. So Michaela, thank you. I was a huge fan. I am even more of a huge fan. I'm rooting for you and your makeup looks fire today. (laughs) Thank you so much. I will end with this. If you are scared to be yourself because you're scared of what the people in your life or around you will do or say, maybe those people aren't meant to be in your life. So do you. (laughs) Absolute tea. We are ending it there. Retweet. Thanks, Michaela. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep real.